Happy Palm Sunday Fellowship of Faith! Welcome to Fellowship of Faith. Today we celebrate the day that Jesus walked into Jerusalem to the cheers and screams of those who knew that the Messiah was coming. And I got to tell you this, the Messiah, he is coming still. Let's give it up, all right? Thank you so much for coming today. Go ahead and have a seat. My name is David Gadini. I'm the pastor here on staff at Fellowship of Faith. We want to welcome you. Maybe this is your first time with us. Thank you so much for coming. Maybe you've been coming for, for years or months. Thank you so much for coming. Here at Fellowship of Faith, we want to be a church that's trying to experience what Jesus brings into this world and what Jesus brings into each of our lives. And it even includes confetti, right? So, all right. Today kickstarts an entire week that is the most significant, pivotal, and important week in human history. The week that Jesus came, suffered, died, and rose again. And by it, by which the world and our lives think God will never be the same again. Today, we talk about this amazing day called Palm Sunday. What was it that people were expecting? What did Jesus walk into? Why do churches celebrate this? What is it all about? This is the journey I want to take you on this morning. Because when Jesus walked into Jerusalem, that first Palm Sunday over 2,000 years ago, the city was electrified. I mean, it was frenetic. Estimates are that the population of the city would swell in size from 50,000 people to over 500,000 people, or even upwards of 2 million, coming to swarm this city to celebrate that there is a God who saves. Oh, get it in your mind. How can you picture it? Think about some of the biggest celebrations, rallies, protests, revolutions that you've ever witnessed, experienced, or seen. And then maybe then you will begin to get just a taste of what it was like for Jesus coming in on that very first Palm Sunday. It commemorated the biggest revolution in human history. The day that God called his people out of Egypt, his people enslaved to the superpower of the day, his people crying out to God for deliverance, knowing there was no hope and no other way, nothing in themselves and nothing in the ability of anyone to rescue them. Dear God, dear God, they would cry, hear us, save us. Free us, and you know what? He did. God is a God who listens. God is a God who cares. And he heard their cries, and he did. 
And through signs and wonders and miracles and powers, God sent his servant Moses into the heart of Egypt to stand before the king in his court himself saying, let my people go because Yahweh is a God who saves. And through signs and powers and miracles and wonders, God shook this empire to its core and brought his people, forgotten, despised, unable to a promised land, to freedom. And what God did once, God can do again. And so pilgrims would travel from all over the known world to the city of Jerusalem to remember and celebrate and dare to hope one more time that the God who delivered us once is the God who can deliver us still because what God did once, God can do again. Say that with me. What God did once, God can do again. Cling to that. That is the hope of Christ. That these stories we read of the ancient past are more than just a history of events that transpired. It is the living witness of a God and his character who continues to intervene in the lives of people and human history itself with the power. Yes, the power to save. And so they came to Jerusalem from all over, from the entire known world, many traveling over hundreds of miles on foot to remember that the God who saves is the God who will save again, that what God did once, God can do again, to remember that we in this life, we in this world are pilgrims, to remind ourselves that we are all journeying towards something in God's greater plan, a greater purpose and destiny that God has in store, to remind ourselves that we are all sojourners. And on this trek to Jerusalem, they would go. It was a party, a celebration, a test of endurance, a spiritual moment, a physical journey, but with a spiritual goal. And all of these things that we think about, especially if you've grown up in a church that celebrates Palm Sunday or if you've heard of this, and of course we say things like, Hosanna, what does that mean? And we see palm branches everywhere because they, they, they would cut these branches for the field. All of these things had deep and powerful symbolic worth for those people who were marching in. I don't know where my remote went. <laughs> so Kim, it's me and you. No, I got palms in my pocket. <laughs> Let me show you a verse. Let's go to the sermon, Kim. There we go. There we go. All right. Let me take this little snippet from the gospel. This is from Mark. Just a little snippet talking about what it was like when Jesus walked in. It says, many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, 
Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. Hey, check this out. Look what I found. God is a God who saves. Camp here for a minute. Because on a quick read, a casual read, so much of this stuff can just feel like it was spur of the moment or pragmatic. But everything that Mark is talking about in this gospel passage is laden with imagery of what the people were actually doing. Let me walk you through a few of these images here today. It says this, that they took palm branches and went out to meet him. This wasn't just finding a streamer to go wave, you know, because it was fun and available in a branch. This was their national symbol. This was their American flag. To wave the palm branch was to wave your national flag. Imagine for a moment what it would be like to be in Roman-occupied Jerusalem, living under an oppressor, not Egypt this time, but Rome, not discovering living or experience the freedom and liberation that God had once brought his people. And imagine gathering there to, to, to think and to pray, God, what you have done once you can do again, and taking this symbol and waving it high. It is far more than a palm branch. Can you see? Maybe if easier for you this morning, imagine what it's like to be gathered in Ukraine today as the troops are moving in from the east and the cities are being bombed to take that yellow and blue flag and to wave it together in solidarity. It gives a whole different picture of Palm Sunday, doesn't it? They would take these things, these, these palms that they were cutting from the field and, and scattering on the roads and waving before and behind Jesus as their ruler and they would even mint them on their coins. You could see one here from around the time of Jesus, and it's a little bit difficult to see, isn't it? But if you can make it out, can you see the palm branch, the palm kind of bush, if you will, growing up from the middle, kind of like putting an American flag on the back of a quarter for you and me. And these shouts, Hosanna, what does that mean? I don't know, we just say it at church. We do a lot of things at church I have no idea what it's about, right? <laughs> Hosanna to the son of David. David, the greatest king in Israel's history. The seedbed from which the dynasty of God's kingdom would birth. Hosanna to the next in line, to the one who comes from the line of David. Blessed is the king of Israel. Can you, can you see, can you feel, can you hear how politically charged Palm Sunday happened to be? And you can read the Psalms. And as these pilgrims would come up, from all corners of the known world, coming up to Jerusalem because you always go up to Jerusalem. It's on a mountain. 
Coming up to Jerusalem, they would sing these songs, these chants, these cheers. They would do it back and forth. They would motivate themselves. These songs that brought them hope. These songs of the promise of God's victory. Let me show you maybe the most famous. It's from Psalm chapter 118. Verse 25, it says this, Yahweh, the name of God, invoke it. Yahweh, save us. Yahweh, grant us success. Now, the words are powerful enough in their own right, but they don't really have like good poetic flair, do they? Let me read it to you in Hebrew. How they would have sung it, how they would have said it, how the scriptures had recorded it. You could see it there on the right if you're looking at the slide. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Do you hear it? Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Hosanna. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Yahweh. Save us. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Oh Yahweh. Grant a success. And can you hear it? Can you hear them shouting it? Can you hear them saying it? Can you hear them throwing it back and forth? Ana Yahweh Hoshiana, Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. It flows, doesn't it? Poetry never translates. <laughs> Imagine being gathered with 500 plus thousand people traveling up to the city of old, the city that God had given their former King David, the city from which the kingdom of God would be born. Imagine traveling up to that city, hearing the roar and the shouts of 500,000 people shouting up to the city walls, Ayana, Yahweh, Hoshiana, and hearing the people from the city crying back, Ana Yahweh, Hatzlichana. Imagine the fervor. I mean, you've been to sporting events. You've seen how this works. You know how it flows. Can you feel it? Can you taste it? Well, good, because you're going to do it this morning. Get on your feet. <laughs> Those of you who are veterans, you know exactly where we're going. <laughs> Those of you who are new, you're already lost with all of what's going on today, but you'll pick it up. You'll pick it up. And let me show you how it would work. Now, you look like Hosanna folk to me, all right? <laughs> Say Anna. Ah. Say Yahweh. Yahweh. Say Hoshiana. Now say it with me. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Now if you get lost, just read it in Hebrew, okay? <laughs> you seem like successful people to me. Yeah, you don't. No, no, you don't. Never mind. Never mind. You don't. <laughs> say Ana. Say Yahweh. Say Hatzlichana. Say Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Here's what we're going to do. Face each other. And coffee house, you do it too. We're going to go back and forth three times. And those of you who are at home, just shout so loud that your neighbor's like, there's weird people living over there. Right? I want you to give them right now an Anah Yahweh Hoshiana as loud as you possibly can. Ready? One, two, three, go. You going to take that? 
atmosphere, brother. All right. All right. Don't let them outdo you. Give them an ah, Yahweh Hatzlichana. All right. You can have a seat. Now, for a moment. For a moment. Imagine meaning it. Not cheering it because it's fun, not cheering it because it's part of a celebration that we're concocting, not cheering it almost in retrospect. Imagine it coming from the heart and cry of your soul, from the place of the oppressed, from the place of the defeated, from the place of those who are hanging on by a thread. Some of you know this place so well. Imagine the content of these words, the power of these words, and the heart cry, the prayer to God of these words from that place. Yahweh, save us. Save me, O Lord. Save your people. Oh, Yahweh. Grant of success. And what they weren't saying by this is, Lord, load our bank accounts. Lord, give me the job that I want. Lord, make my life easy. No, no, that doesn't really quite capture the sense behind it. Lord, give us victory. Vindicate us. May we, by your power, overcome, because we're holding on by a thread. And I don't know how much longer I can last. Oh, Lord, oh, Yahweh, save us. Oh, Yahweh, grant us victory. Grant us success. Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana. Ana Yahweh, Hatzlikana. And if you can capture that in the gut of your soul, Oh, you're starting to get what that first Palm Sunday was all about when Jesus walked in because here he came. The word had gotten out. The disciples had worked social media well. And the news traveled like wildfire that he's coming, the demon slayer, the water walker, the one who afflicts disease and kills death, the one who stands up when others cower, the one who rescues the brokenhearted and the downtrodden, the one who goes to the house of the sinner, the one is coming to liberate his people, and he has the line, the lineage, the destiny, and the power that he just might be able to do it. Imagine the fervor on top of fervor, exponented out to the infinite power of what it was like now that Jesus was coming in 
that first Palm Sunday and this prayer, this prayer that we have shouted for centuries, yearning, waiting, hoping, losing hope, and returning might finally be coming true right before our eyes. And in our midst, this is the one who is called Messiah, son of David, son of God. I love what Jesus himself had said and done. Let me show you this from Luke chapter four. Jesus walks into a synagogue and he sits down to teach and people gather around to listen to him. And he opens from the prophet Isaiah and he begins to read this passage. And he says this from the prophet Isaiah, quoting it. Now the spirit of Yahweh is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Luke records that all eyes were intently on him. And do you know what Jesus says? Today, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. I am here. God has come. He has heard the cry of his people. He's here. The one anointed by the spirit of God. The one sent to the poor and the downtrodden with words and deeds of good news. The one who came to set his people free to bring sight to the blind and freedom to the oppressed, to proclaim that the year of the Lord's favor is here in him. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana with palms in their hands. They went before and behind, spreading their cloaks in the road, cheering him to Hosanna's sons of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord because God has come to set his people free that before their eyes a new exodus was occurring because what God had done once, God can do again. The good news of Jesus is that he has come to set his people free. He's come to deliver us, to deliver us, to save us, to save us from oppression, to save us from hurt, to save us from cruelty, to save us from the destruction and suffering that we find and face and embrace in this world. He has come to save us from our sin that corrupts us and rots us from the inside out. He's come to save us from the sin that afflicts us outside coming within. He has come to save us from death itself. He has come to save us from the dark powers of this world. He has come to save us, to set his people free. But God, we have learned from Galatians, doesn't just save people from things. He saves them for things 
two. He has come to save them, to become a new people. He has come to save them for a new way of life. He has come to save them for a new creation. He has come to save them for a new way of being. He has come to save them for a renewal of the mind. He has come to save them for a cleansing of the soul. He has come to save them for a destiny in heaven. He has come to save them from a resurrection of the dead. He has come to save them for purpose and life and freedom and glory and destiny and everything you can imagine that drips from the scriptures of the word of God. And it began that first Palm Sunday. And we get to taste it. We get to taste it beyond those people's wildest dreams. Because while they were there and got to see it, we who are the people of the resurrection, we get to live it. Born again, people of God, living in the renewal of what he has come to done and will bring to completion on his return again and the offer of Jesus and what we do here this week and what fellowship of faith is about at its core is embracing that that by dear God, we will never be the same again either and can taste and be a part of what he offers you freely. Because the God who comes to bring freedom brings that freedom freely to you and me. Because the good news, the gospel, is not about what I have to do to get God to deliver me. It's about what Christ has done by the hand of God for me. And each and every person who calls on his name who throws their trust with him, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, save me. That new life, new birth and new creation become ours in his name. And we gather here to proclaim that message to embrace that message, to celebrate that message. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. May it surround you, penetrate you, define you, move you, and mold you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing. I invite you to get on your feet. There's a song that many of you know. We've sung it here before at Fellowship of Faith. It is so pointed for what this experience is about today. Let me show you the first the first verse of this song. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. 
Next line. A song of deliverance from my enemies until all my fears are gone. Hear the chorus. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Dare to believe it. Put your hope in him today.